Book your flu vaccination online today at chemistwarehouse.co.nz. This is Hurricane Valley with Gordon Simpson and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yes, indeed, it is seven o'clock. Welcome into all things to do with the Hurricanes. Looking forward to this one, indeed. A very good performance on the weekend, certainly for the first 40 minutes, but like a lot of teams, the Chiefs just squeeze them in that second half. They get the bye this weekend. If you want to phone the programme and talk the Hurricanes, have a chat to my co-host, Gordon Simpson, a man who played for the Hurricanes, a man who played international rugby for Scotland. Telephone number is 0800 150 You can text us your questions here on 8833. Gordon, good evening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. Yeah, good to be here. Um, yeah, the result didn't go away on the weekend, but um, some positives, like you mentioned, the first half... Um, just there was some, um, and I think we a lot of people talk about it when it comes to rugby is those key moments, and certainly in that second half with the Hurricanes, um, they didn't show up in those key moments, and uh, yeah, the Chiefs just basically did what they have been doing uh, throughout the uh, competition. Eight rounds into Super Rugby, is it okay to use the word some positives come out of it? I mean, do fans just want to win now? Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're spot on, probably. Um, the the moments that they um, they fell down on was their line out, their set face stuff that they should be doing week in week out, day to day, and um, you know that this is what they this is why they're in that position. That's why they play in the top team um, to um, nail those things. And yeah, then they're not doing it now. So like you say, week six, seven, whatever it is, um, if they're still not nailing that, um, they're going to really struggle because mm. they've got the Hurricanes especially have got a real tough run in. A nine-point half-time lead, I mean, significant lead, something to give you some confidence. Um, Jason Holland, I mean, you're nine points up at half-time, you're actually playing okay. I mean, what what would have been said in the changing rooms? More of the same? I mean, how do you end up dropping your bundle? How do you end up conceding 25 unanswered points in the second half? Yeah, um, would have been a, been good to be a fly on the wall. Uh, at that halftime talk, um, basically do the same stuff as they were doing in that first half. They would have known that the Chiefs were going to come back, um, but you know the the discipline, um, the execution, accuracy that was added will let them down that second half. And the Chiefs just continued doing their their game plan. There's what they um, obviously didn't work for them in the first half. They continued it and it and it sort of stepped up in the second half. And um, the Hurricanes really had no answer. Um, but they also let them down themselves down in um, certain uh, key moments, lineouts, um, breakdowns, discipline. You know, could could name quite a few. So, um, yeah, you're, you're right. Round seven, round eight, whatever it is, um, they should be get they should be better, and they should they should have learned. They certainly should have learned from that game against the Blues. And um, now the question is going to be asked: they they've still got some more of those teams above them that they haven't played. Um, and they've only beaten the, the teams below them. Mm. Now, turnovers conceded, just like running through statistics. So the Hurricanes uh, conceded 17 turnovers, the Chiefs just the 11. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but five is a big margin, particularly if you turn them into points. Yeah, and those were turned into points. I think uh, the lineouts that they lost, um, uh, they, they, um, the, Har- the, sorry, the Chiefs ran down the field, and whether it was that phase or next phase, they scored a try. Um, so, yeah, turnovers, the breakdown, um, you know, I guess the other thing that I looked at is that the Chiefs brought on a really strong bench 
and that's probably where the Hurricanes struggled a bit, especially in that, um, that second part of that second half. Uh, the Chiefs bench really stepped up, and I think the Hurricanes bench sort of lacked a bit of that um, that, that, that sort of cohesion that the um, the Chiefs had. So, yeah, um, you know, I could probably go on about a lot of mm. things in that game. But the fact is that, that the Hurricanes have got us to learn real quickly that they need to front up and stop making silly errors. Yeah, yeah, because when you do run through the statistics, and I've got the statistics here in front of me, it's actually a fairly even game. There's not one set of data that really stands out, so you've got to come back to it. The little mistakes, and those little mistakes were turned into points. The Chiefs capitalised. Yeah, and I can I can bring one up straight away. I was watching the game, and probably for the first five to six minutes in that second half, the Hurricanes controlled the ball really well. We got a scrum just in the ten yard, ten meter line on on the um, on the Chiefs half. Artie took it off, did, you know, made the advantage line, and then um, passed the offloaded it. Probably a 50-50. Um, Chiefs turned it over, went down the field, and um, uh, Sawakula um, scored a try. And um, then we had the line outs five metres out where we were attacking. I think we were down by seven or eight mm. points. Then overthrow, we throw it to a guy who's just come on the field, uh, and um, Peter Lackey. And um, we'll have to question that uh, sort of decision too. So, you know, there's, some, there's also some key decision makers out there that need to make those key decisions. Mm. And it seems like the Chiefs are doing it really well at the moment and yeah. other teams are still struggling to, to, do, to, to, to really nail that. Mm. Uh, one of the interesting statistics, kicks in play. So the Chiefs had 29 kicks in play, the Hurricanes 19. So looking at that, what does that say about the kicking game, firstly, of the Chiefs and what they do? and how effective it was, and why didn't the Hurricanes deal with the kicking? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess when you're kicking uh, with the likes of, um, I think Josh Morby at, at fullback, the, the wingers, and um, uh, Julian Savia, and um, I forgot the other guy's name now, but um, they, they can be sort of tentative under the high ball. I know the Chiefs wingers are, are pretty stable under the. the, the so, um, so you had Rayasi on yeah, the other Yeah, Rayasi, yeah. And Rayasi's usually pretty good, but he had a sort of. He had a pretty. But it's uh, also like Damien McKenzie, too, isn't he? I mean, he's a very, very good strategic kicker. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't, and that's the other thing. Maybe the Hurricanes don't have that strategic killer, uh, um, kicker. They. Um, you know, they lost Brett Cameron, uh, which is a massive loss. He's yep. a great. He's a great sort of. Uh, person here, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he and in those first few games or the first part of the season, he was you could tell his kicks were really working, and um, they were kicking to sort of retain the get the retention back of the ball. So, yeah, it's, it's it could be anything. On the Hurricanes are very attacking too, you know, so that's probably why they're not trying to kick yeah. as much. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought the one player who had really good standout first half was Amor, the hooker, and then we substitute and bring Dane Coles on. I just don't like this preempting substitution that seems to go on. If a guy's playing well, keep him on. Yeah, I've, I think we've discussed this previously, and um, unless unless the guy can't go any longer, keep him on. Um, it's also having that consistency of that. And there, Amor did miss a couple of key lineouts in that first half, um, but. You know, you bring on Coles too, and he missed a couple as well. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Amour. It's yeah, it's a it's a difficult one to make because I don't know if it's the player mm. or the coach. I'm not sure. I know the player never wants to come off. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's um, the line out was a little bit of a, a bit of a nightmare for the Hurricanes mm. and, and key moments like a, mm. like I've mentioned previously. Oh, I know previously you talked about your number six Flanders. I thought again he had a very very good game, particularly in that first half. 
Yeah, I thought he was. Um, he, he goes into those dark places. He also ranges out in the back line. He sort of takes the ball up, and um, you know you, you, you sort of notice people too when they if they when they do come off or get pulled off the field. He looked absolutely tanked when he came off mm. the field. So you know he's he's busted his gut. He's gone out there, um, did his hopefully did his core job, and um, yeah, sometimes I get a little bit. Um, uh, I get I get frustrated when I see guys after the mm. game and they don't look knackered, they don't look frustrated, and then they're all happy and mm. smiles and talking, and that that really frustrates me, mm. especially when they're on a losing team. Midfield of Umanga Jensen and Barrett, um, second half again. I mean, two guys who probably you would expect to break a game open. I mean, this is where I do expect Jordy Barrett to step up, show his expertise, show his X factor, show why he is um, an almost All Black certainty. But they seem to have his number as well. They just didn't seem to give him the room. Yeah, I think they, I think the Hurricanes have a game plan. They play a lot off Geordie, and you sort of you, you call it close Geordie down. You close a lot of that sort of um, attacking backline um, moves out the way. So um, I was surprised with that selection, Umanga Jensen. Um, I'm not sure Balen Sullivan was injured, but I thought that he'd played well the, a few weeks earlier. And um, yeah, and, and obviously Peter hadn't played a lot of rugby. He's been injured for. Um, I think he only got his first start the week before and then starts a full game after that. So I thought that was an interesting decision. But, yeah, you, you, you close down certain players. And I think um, I discussed this last week with um, Corey Jane. I said, you know, does, does anyone still concentrate on one player? And obviously they don't these days. But back in my day, you know, if there was a first five and we could close them down and restrict his time on the ball and or restrict him um, from being involved as much Um then it'll it'll help mm. your own game out. So maybe the Chiefs did a little bit of a number on that with with Geordie without obviously mm. compromising just one person. One year, and I know it's a big t- discussion topic because Ireland do it very well, and we're looking to try and do it well here, not just at All Black level, but now at a Super Rugby level. And it's, it's starting to become a bit of a cliche, but ruck speed. But I thought the ruck speed in the first half of the Hurricanes was good. I thought you know first second phase. I thought Royguard you know was getting there. The ball was available. Yeah, I thought their patience was great in that first half. Um, I could probably nom- name a lot of things in that first half that I thought the Hurricanes controlled really well and did really well, and it's that's why I was so surprised in the second half, and they sort of it almost went the other the other way. Well, the Chiefs clearly addressed what they weren't doing. Yep. But you must be surely there at half time saying, "Hey, look, we are dominating this area. They're going to clearly be having that conversation in the changing room. They're going to come and try and shut that down. But you've also then got to be prepared to evolve, don't you?" Yeah, you do, and that's where a good team will change their game plan slightly if they need to because um, the other team sort of said that this, this, what they're doing in the first half is not working, so we need to we need to make mm. some changes. Um, what I saw from the Chiefs in that first half is they were really trying to attack the Hurricanes and um, in that inside channel around the collision. Um, I noticed that quite a while, and the Hurricanes were really really sort of um, combating that really well. So maybe the Chiefs went away from that a little bit and sort of went a little bit wide in that second half, and maybe the, uh, the Hurricanes were still thinking they're going to try and come down that um, that sort of um, middle, middle, middle collision area. One thing we're not seeing a lot of, and that is a lot of kicking from the base of the ruck for the halfback, which used to be quite strategic. South Africa did it very well, I think, with uh, Defree. De, um, anyway, uh, but we're not seeing a lot of that anymore. That seems to be a, a, an area of the game other than basically clearing. We don't seem to be used. It's not something that is used as strategically it was, to say, two or three years ago. No, I think now they've, they've got a bit more space, especially from the scrum base and stuff like that. They can um, they can probably get over the advantage line quite quickly. Um, maybe uh, other teams are, are working a lot more on sort of um, taking those up and under kicks, or or sort of 
I guess trying to combat the runners coming in. There's, there's still times where they ship it in and stuff like that in place, but maybe teams are a bit more wiser now. And maybe teams are just trying to evolve and trying to find some new ways of, um, you know, getting over that vantage line. Okay. Um, my co-host is Gordon Simpson. This is Hurricanes Valley. We are celebrating all things to do with Hurricanes Super Rugby. Telephone number is 0800 150 You can text us here on double eight double three. If you've got a question, you want to talk about your team, please jump on the phone. Please become part of the show. Just want to acknowledge the Chemist Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Okay, catch the action live on Sky Sport or get your tickets at superrugby.co.nz. It is 17 minutes after seven and the Hurricanes, they get the bye this week. Gordon Simpson, a man who played for the Hurricanes, a man who's played for Scotland as my co-host this hour as we talk Hurricanes Valley. Uh, I want to ask you that. So you've come off, you had not a bad 40 minutes, you led by nine, you end up sort of um, conceding 25 unanswered points in the second half. Is it a good thing to have the bye this week or do you want to go and right the wrongs six or seven days later? No, nah, I think a bye is probably, because they have gone right through whatever it's six or seven games now and obviously every team has to have a bye. So um, I think it's a good thing. They need to they need to go and address some real key issues because they're not going to beat the, the Crusaders, the Blues, you know. the um, Well, they've got the Brumbies the following week yeah, at home. Yeah, the Brumbies are a very Brum- structured Brum- team. Yeah, Brumbies are a structured team. You've yep. got Larkin back there coaching and... Um, you know, clearly they're the number one side out of Australia and you can't underestimate them. They've got history and they've got, you know, they've got a legacy. Yep, and they they will certainly compete in the uh, the line-out, which is obviously something that the Hurricanes will need to really focus on. Um, but no, I think they need to go away. They need to sort of take a break, um, whether it's a couple of days or whatever it is, um, reassess um, the Jason and the management, figure out how they're going to uh, combat um, those key moments and how they're going to address it because they need to, because it'll be a long season. Do you feel that Jason Holland, is he settled on his starting 15? Or uh, do you feel there's still just too much chopping and changing going on? I mean, I understand there are injuries and you've got no choices, but is Umanga Jensen Barrett your best midfield combination? Is Julian Severe as, as effective as he can be? Is he is he the best right wing? Um, clearly, Roy Gard Severe, there are players that definitely tick the box. Yeah, I think... Um I think uh, this, the the midfield. I think Ju- you keep Geordie there, but uh, I think they missed um, Proctor big time on Saturday. Uh, he's been playing really well, and he seemed to be him and um, Geordie have seemed to be working well together. Um, I think the Hurricanes have got three key locks out. Um, the locks that played on the weekend, yeah, they they, they, they were they were competitive, but they they they're both very similar locks. Those two, um, Dominic Bird and Blackwell. Um, so they need that um, Isaiah uh, Lewiri in there. He's the bulk. You know, they need that sort of big guy in there. Not 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 uh, afraid to sort of mix it up a bit. Um, the front row. I'm not sure about um, uh, Numia Amor yeah. or uh, Lomax. Yeah, I think those guys are a uh, good starting, but um, the um, the ex All Black boy, what's his name? He was he was off the bench too. Um, and you got Mafalio. Yeah, uh, did, didn't see a lot of him, and um, yeah, Colsey will be disappointed with his probably his performance, especially because he really rates himself as his line out throwing, and they went a bit of a miss on the weekend. Whether that was his fault, whether it was the timing of the jumpers, whether it was the call itself, um, and then. Um, yeah, I think the wings is a hard one because Julian played okay on Saturday. Um, didn't see a lot of the ball, but what ball he did see, he did well. Uh, but you've got Naholo, who's such an exciting, exciting player. 
um, to bring in there. So, yeah, they, they do need to settle on a team. I think they are mixing it up, whether it's due to injuries or not. But, um, yeah, maybe they have to go away and, and um, or they, they decided this is going to be it until the buy. And then after the buy, this, they, they, they put their best 23 out, and that's the 23 that will go right through until um, unless injuries uh, occur. Mm, okay, so I'll get you then. So if we look at it, and what are we? We're through eight rounds of Super Rugby. They got the break this weekend. How would you rate this Hurricane side after eight games? How far away do you think they are? And maybe what is that? Just that one thing they're just missing at the moment. Uh, I think they're. I think they're there. I think the first half proved that on the, on the weekend. Um, they have got to f- sort of straighten out a few little errors, especially those key moments. They've got to sort out the, obviously, the line out. And the, um, the scrum got a little bit weakened with the bench coming on in the second half. Um, I think they need to get find out when Brett Cameron's back. I think he really ro- he really controls the game. And he really – and there's a lot of – there seemed to – when he was um, controlling that team, there was a lot of belief behind what he was doing mm. and, and direct direction and stuff like that. So as much as Aidan Morgan, you know, was, was as solid in there, he's got a lot of developing still to do. And I think just having those – Having a key player like Brett Cameron in a key position, um, that'll, that'll, that'll pick them up and just maybe give them those those decision-making of those key moments a little bit better. Um, you know, the key decisions might have been made, but especially in the back line, might have been being made by um, Geordie Barrett, and you really don't want someone that far out probably making that decision. You really want your 9 or 10 to make that decision. And, and obviously, Roy Gard made some key ones, but he can't be making the decisions all the time by himself. So um, I think Brett Cameron's probably the, the missing link at the moment. Okay, so yeah, I was going to say that because we have talked, haven't we, about Morby? We've talked about the midfield combination, uh, the likes of Flanders, Karifi, uh, players, um, you know, like Lakai coming on and you know, you know, throwing to him in the line out. But it still just comes back to having a quality first five first and foremost. Is he the first player you're picking? Yeah, I think with the, with the captain with Artie, certainly the the first two um, selections because. I think regardless of whatever we want to say, it always it always comes from the ten. They are the ones that are the directors of the game. They direct they direct the um, the team um, alongside the, the number nine is too is very important. But that number ten, especially with the Hurricane, especially with um, with uh, Cameron, and ha- what what I saw from him in the f- while he was playing in the first few weeks, he directed that team really well. He was calm. Um, didn't seem to sort of panic in any time. And I think at times Aidan Morgan just gets a little bit. I don't know, 100 miles an hour kind of stuff and mm. maybe, and that's just down to experience, being a little bit green and listen, he will be good, but he just needs to develop a bit more. Yeah, he didn't seem to quite have the same time, did he? No, no, yeah. not like those good first fives that have, yeah. seem to have a lot of time. And particularly in that second half when the Chiefs shut down that quick ruck speed and just basically didn't allow the Hurricanes to play with the ball. Nah, and you know, especially going going backwards when you are find yourself going backwards, mm. that is the key to a really good um, 10 when you see him and he's still controlling the game regardless of whether they're mm. going forward or backwards. Terrell Lomax last year put his hand up when the All Blacks were in a bit of trouble in the tight five with the front row, along with Ethan DeGroote out of the Hurricanes. Has he carried that form into Super Rugby Lomax? Because I'll be honest, he surprised me last year. I was never convinced, but clearly in the opportunity he was given within that All Black environment, he seemed to grow sort of an extra two arms and an extra two legs. Has he brought that form to Super Rugby? I think he has. I think the front row has been a sort of big tick for the Hurricanes this year. Um, I think their scrum's been consistently good. Um, when he went off last week, it sort of went a bit backwards. Um, but the, they, the tight five I've been really impressed with this year um, with the with the Hurricanes. 
Um, they have been renowned in the past to be a little bit soft, um, sort of bigger packs will sort of um, go over them quite quite easily. But um, I think this year the Hurricanes have stood up and there was certainly nothing that I saw on mm. the weekend from the Chiefs that showed them that they were a better forward mm. pack than the, the Hurricanes. The fact is that the Hurricanes just made mm. some key errors at key moments in that second half. Amua, uh, very much in the mould at times of Toki Ahau. Is, is, is he in the top three hookers in the country in the minds of the All Black or is he going to be the unlucky one that misses out? Yeah, um, good question. Um, he probably he probably still in the top three at the moment, but there probably there is some concerns about his, his uh, line out throwing. Um, his fitness seems to be okay at the moment. Uh, that was always another thing too. He'd sort of go go in patches. It seems to be better at the moment. Um, but, so we've got Dane yeah, Coles, Dane. we've got Cody Taylor, and we've got Taki Ahau. I mean, we're wanting to play. We want our loose. We want our Fords to be ball carrying. We want them to be able to get across the advantage line. We want them to have that physicality. We can sit here and comment about Amua's ability to throw into the line out, but I'd argue that Cody Taylor and Dane Coles weren't exactly excelling in the All Black jersey in that area last year themselves. No, no, and Cody Taylor probably had he misfired a little bit in the in the Crusaders last game too. So, um, yeah, listen, I think. I mean, is there room for two sort of Tokiawa type? Takiyaha type players. I mean, I'm yeah. I love him. Bring him off the bench, man. The guy's dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Imagine starting Takiyaha and bringing this guy off the bench. Yeah. Well, when you've got a, when you've got an All Black sort of pack, then you probably could say that Dane Coles could start and bring Amua off the bench. But then you've got um, um, uh, Takiyaha, so he's probably the, the starting number one at the moment. So then you question, well, do you do you bring on a similar player like well, you said? Well, okay. Yeah. The question is, do you take do you take Dane Coles? Because I think a lot of the public are thinking maybe he's passed his years by date. Yes, we can talk all we want about experience, but we've got a lot of experience already in this All Black team, haven't we? We do. Yeah, Look and at I, the locks. Yeah, and I guess the other one is that um, with age, you sort of pick up a lot more injuries as you go yeah. along, and there's no, you know, there's no guarantee that um, that um, if some of those big hookers go well, down, that Dane won't go down as well. You know. Well, the, we've lost a lot of tests with. Cody Taylor and Dane Coles in recent years. I mean, we have lost a lot of tests with these two mm, guys. You know, mm. it's not like this All Black team's gone unbeaten, and you can put it down to other players not doing their job. But you know, line out has been an issue. Our ball carrying type five's been an issue. Yeah, I don't. See, I don't really personally see a problem in actually having both of those two as as, as a starter and a bench guy. I really don't because they're both they're both um, on top of the game at the moment. But maybe just and the line outs. Listen, it's just you know, listen. I think with Amur, his throwing was because it was not straight. It wasn't as though he was putting it down the middle. If you get if you get sort of caught in um, from the opposition, or they jump in front or, or time it right and get the ball, you know that's just part and parcel of some rugby games. But when you throw the ball, um, when the ball's not thrown in straight, that is on you. That is on the hooker, and that's what needs to be addressed. Okay, your DHL Hurricanes Player of the Week. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned him early, um, and I've, I've sort of picked him up this year as well. Um, Devin Flanders, just yep. his work rate, just around the paddock. Listen, um, Cam Roygaard played well again. Uh, the, I did pick up one thing, though, with Cam that, um, that I'm not sure if a lot of other listeners would see too. His, he missed a couple of tackles. Mm. Um, yes, they were big guys, but he'll need but to address that. Those. Yes, you need to address that. You yeah, know? because you're going to take on big, big guys. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I, I always, I always find it when picking a halfback. Oh, yeah, but he's no good when the when a pack's going backwards. It's like yeah, but he's going to be playing behind the All Black pack. You know, how often does it go backwards? And does he also pick up your Super DHL Super Rugby Player of the Round? Um, 
Tim Flanders. Yeah. Oh, uh, is that another player from another team? Or yeah, or just uh, any player I across actually, the round. <clears throat> as much as I don't don't want to give a sort of Chiefs player that, uh, that acknowledgement, um, Peter Gusakuikula. He was. I thought he came into that game and played really yeah. well. I don't think. I'm not sure how many games he's actually started this year for the Chiefs, but he certainly put his hand up to um, to continue to start with him um, because his um, his performance was outstanding, and it sort of it sort of changed the whole role of that game for the Chiefs to. Um, take over the Hurricanes' lead and then move move away from them. Gordon Simpson, been a privilege and a pleasure as always. Thank you, Mark. Okay, and just acknowledgement to the Chemist Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Catch the action live on Sky Sport and get tickets at superrugby.co.nz.